Steps started with a recognition of our powerlessness over alcohol. The fourth step encourages a brutally honest self-examination of our life on a broader scale. The big book text describes this step as a personal house cleaning. This house needs to be cleaned. AA would suggest that most people's lives require the same sort of upkeep. This is especially true of lives that are in the midst of collapse as they frequently are when a person arrives at his first AA meeting. Alcoholics Anonymous understands that most people's lives are far messier than they'd like to admit. Even people with relatively clean lives do not really have clean lives and furthermore clean lives don't stay clean without continued effort. This step is a writing exercise. Step four works a bit like pushing on the bruised places in our lives. It does so in order to heal them or to return to the clean house analogy. The cleansing can only be effective if it is applied to a specific mess. So what are the messes that occupy our lives? AA focuses on three universally problematic areas of human weakness or shortcomings. Anger, fear, and sex. No one is exempt from dealing with these. The text describes their impact. Quote, when harboring such feelings, we shut ourselves off from the sunlight of the spirit. Close quote. Blockages keep things dark and they block out the sunlight. This is likened to a spiritual disease. Each of these blockages describes particular expressions of selfishness, which AA sees as the core problem. Quote, selfishness self-centeredness and what is what we think the root of our troubles. The step four inventory, as I said, is a written exercise for those wanting to do it. Just get a notebook and a pen 
There is power in the actual experience of writing the material down on paper with one's own hand. If you think of a bad mood and the impact it carries, there's an old saying, the boss yells at the employee who goes home and fights with his wife. She then scolds her son for not doing his chores and he runs to his room. On the way up the stairs, he kicks the family dog who was just lounging on the landing. Anger can have a chain reaction effect both within ourselves and in our interactions with other people. The step four inventory starts by looking at resentment, which the big book describes as, quote, the number one offender. When it comes to blockage and recovery, resentment, of course, is any kind of lingering anger, the residue of old hurts, disagreements, and frustrations. Nobody chooses to be angry. We talk about anger being something that gets the better of us. It sneaks up on us. Today, we live in a culture so besieged with anger that it can be very difficult to imagine life without it. And so we try to justify our anger. People talk about things like healthy anger or healthy fear and nonsense like channeling anger in a productive way. Step four asks us instead to consider whether getting rid of our anger would be more helpful than finding ways to hold on to it. So it makes sense that the inventory begins with a look at anger and resentment. So how do we find it? The big book suggests that each individual should begin the fourth step in the following straightforward manner. Quote, in dealing with the resentments, we set them down on paper. We listed people and institutions and principles with whom we were angry. People are the individuals toward whom we have lingering anger. We refer to them by name. Institutions are groups of people like professions, corporations, religions, jails, hospitals. Principles are concepts like love, honesty, and success. Whom do you resent? Now we make a list, our first column. We write at the top of the first page of our inventory the word people. Underline it. Then going down the page, we simply list the people we resent. Joe, Bob, the rude clerk at the store, Uncle Alan, the neighbor, myself. A few things need to be said about resentments. First, it's possible to love and resent a person at the same time. A person can both love and resent his child or his spouse. 
putting a name on this list does not mean we don't love them. So we try not to let our love for a person hinder our honest admission that we resent them too. Along the same lines, we typically resent other people for two types of reasons. Either they did something that we resent, or they're simply a certain way that we resent. We might resent a coworker for stealing an account from under our nose, or we might resent him for being loudmouthed, crass, or ugly. One helpful rule of thumb here is that the more time you have spent with a person, the greater the chance that you are harboring resentment against them. One other common hiccup is the thought, well, I don't resent them anymore. Perhaps people get over some of their past anger, but usually such statements reflect wishful thinking. Anger lingers. That's the problem. It doesn't tend to go away until a therapeutic process like Step 4 has been undertaken. For a typical person, there may be between 5 and 20 key players at any one time in a person's resentful state of mind. But for the alcoholic, that number tends to be greater. But it's fair to say that the bulk of one's resentment is focused on just a handful of situations and people. Every honest list includes at least one or two family members or loved ones. In terms of order, <clears throat> we generally find it helpful to start with the present and slowly work our way back through our lives. Those who want to try step four on for size can use the following guidelines. Others will simply find them informative. Ask yourself, who or what circumstances have caused you anxiety? Whom do you have a problem with? Whom do you not like? Have there been fights? Write these people down. Start by thinking about your family and your living situation. Think about your job, bosses, coworkers, the neighborhood you live in, places you used to live. It's not hard to find resentments when you start to look for them. It might even seem like you're opening Pandora's box. The good thing about an inventory is that you can do it at any time. Names can always be added. It's important not to get too bogged down trying to make the list completely complete. That would be impossible. The big book points out that staying sore was as far as most of us ever got. Just making a list is little for one's mental health and spiritual health. If anything, it disturbs it. Stirring up the silt at the bottom of the stream and making things murky. For this reason, people sometimes, and often, find that when working on their fourth step, they become irritable in a way that is somewhat uncharacteristic. I know that that was absolutely true in my own experience. One friend even spoke of a string of nightmares that plagued him until he had finished his fifth step. While we neither worry about the agitation nor tell newcomers to expect it, some disturbance during the fourth step is natural. The most important thing 
is to finish the inventory because the piece that lies on the other side of the fourth and fifth steps is a sort that people would do well not to miss. Now there's more that goes on within the fourth step after you list the people, institutions, principles, and we'll get into part two of step four the next time as we blast off into the fourth dimension.